Hey everyone, welcome to 41 Strong Podcast. My name is Chuck Tate. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to, to watch and listen today. We've got a great show for you. Before we get to that, I just want to answer the question that some of our new listeners and viewers might have, and that is, what's the deal with the number 41? What's, what's 41 Strong even mean? All right, I'm so glad that you asked. In the Bible, the number 40, it, it, the, the number 40 oftentimes represents a season of waiting, a season of trial, if you will. And on day 41 or year 41, that is the day the breakthrough happens, a second chance, a new beginning. For example, in the beginning, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. 41 came and the rain stopped. Moses committed murder, then hid on the backside of a desert for 40 years. 41 came and he received a second chance when he was commissioned by God to be the rescuer of Israel. Goliath challenged Israel for 40 days, begging somebody to fight him. And on day 41, David killed Goliath. So the message of 41 will come. The message of 41 Strong is this. Perhaps you're in a downpour, a season where life is raining on you. Don't quit. Eventually, the rain's going to stop. The sun's coming out again. Maybe you're in a wilderness, wandering in need of a second chance. Perhaps you are facing a giant that stands between you and your dream come true. Don't quit. 41 will come. So for more information about that, you can go to my website, chuckytate.com. That's chuckytate.com. There is also a book about it called 41 Will Come. Well, 41 Strong is a podcast where we deliver encouraging scriptures and stories to help people hold on and stand strong. Stand strong. So my friend today is live from Atlanta, Georgia. His name is Scott Free. He is the founder and director of an organization and ministry called City Takers. He's going to tell you more about that in just a moment. He's also an evangelist and a revivalist, and I had the opportunity of meeting him several years ago when he ministered at our church. So, Scott, I just want to say welcome to 41 Strong, man. Great to have you here. Yeah, Chuck, thank you so much. I'm crazy excited about being here. Um, man, I'm a little jealous of your hat, though. I really like that 41 hat. Uh, <laughs> but I got your book right here. It's a great, amazing book. I'd encourage anybody who's watching this, go to his website, check out the book. I'm, I'm sure it's on Amazon as well. Uh, but thank you, man. I'm honored to be on your podcast. I've watched several of them. Uh, I, think, I think the whole podcast and the whole ministry that God is using <laughs> you up in Peoria is just really amazing. The Rock Church. Shout out to the Rock Church. Man, you you have it. I just remember, you know, I, I met you through our mutual friend Juan Rios, and and um, we had you, yeah. had you come in, and we had man, an altar pack with teenagers, and you were up just, man, just throwing it down, throwing down the word, preaching. So I've been wanting to have you on for a long time, so so thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to, to hang out with us for 30 minutes or so. Not a problem, man. I'm, I'm really excited. Honored to be here. Cool, man. Well, listen, be, um, before we get into your story, why don't you tell a, a little, introduce yourself to, to our watchers, our viewers, yeah. those that are, um, that haven't met Scott Free yet. Tell us about yourself, man. Yeah. So I'm just a normal guy. I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. Um, kind of grew up in the urban hip-hop culture. I, would I was DJing back in high school and got really engulfed in, in the lifestyle of, of hip-hop. To me, it was way more than just music. It was really the whole culture itself. And it, it bred a lot, of, uh, a lot of things that are contrary to the, 
to the to the kingdom and, and the things of God. And so it, 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 I found myself in a lifestyle that I never was being fulfilled and I never was happy. So I was out there searching for all the wrong things. Finally, when um, I had my oldest son was born in 1998, I realized like I had to do something different. And so I really was running. I ran from Miami, Florida to a place called a little city called Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> and that's really when I it's really the, the first in the season when I moved here is really when I had this encounter with the Lord, because I was just at a low place in my life and I was just looking for something different. And the day I met Jesus, literally, I got radically saved. Everything changed. He delivered me from, you know, all, all my addictions, delivered me from just everything. And it and it. And I hated who I used to be. And so for a season, I literally, literally changed dramatically. I, I couldn't listen to the same music. I didn't watch the same movies or TV shows. And it was almost like this, this season of him, him getting to me to change the way I thought and, and change my mindset about, about a, a lot of different things. And so it was a few years after that that the Lord sent me back into the culture that he brought me out of, but this time with the gospel to advance the kingdom. And as I started to get involved in that culture, um, I realized like even even the Christian hip hop culture and the Christian culture of of the urban hip hop thing. And I realized a lot of the things were the same in the world that they were kind of in the church. And the Lord told me years ago, they're like sheep with no shepherd. And I was like, oh, no, Lord, not me. You got the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> so I ran from that for a long time. And and. It was really, we started doing outreaches uh, in 2004, 2005. We were doing block parties in communities, and just literally loving on people, doing some hip-hop music, doing some breakdancing, having DJs. And then we realized that that was kind of the draw. And people, when I was sharing the gospel, were experiencing Jesus and experiencing freedom and healing and deliverance and all the things that, that Jesus does. And then after that, they're like, man, where's your church? We want to go to your church. And I was like, well, you know, me and my whole team, we all we all fellowship at different home churches, which is the beautiful thing about City Takers. Um, and, and we were we were saying, like, just go find a good church. And everybody's answer nine times out of ten was the same. Unfortunately, They're like, man, we're not really feeling the church. And they gave every reason to why, whether there were good reasons or bad reasons. And so that's when what really in the year 2009, the Lord started to really touch our hearts and and. We needed. We felt like we needed to give the people a place to go to, so that's when we launched City Takers. In the very beginning, it was just an event uh, that happened every last Friday of the month in, in the city of Atlanta. Um, but since then, we kind of rebranded everything to just be City Takers. That's the heartbeat of what we want to do: is really want to raise up urban missionaries that transform cities through hip hop, love, and Jesus. Whether that's on the streets, in the jail, you know, at a homeless shelter, or every last Friday you know, with 500 young people in the building. We really just want to do that. And we're seeing tremendous fruit. We're seeing the Lord show up everywhere we go. And uh, it's just been, it's been really cool to serve him. But it's been a journey, man. It's not easy. We realize, you know, that 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 being out there with the people um, is it, tiring, you know. And at the same time, like, I think, and I'll just be real with you, Chuck. I think if we were in any other nation doing the ministry that we would do, we would have tons of support. But because we're in our own backyard, I think people kind of overlook that. You know what I mean? And they, and, and they see missions as a third world nation or a third world country, but they don't see missions as literally right here in our backyard. So we're trying to change that mindset and we're trying to just be the church, you know, be the hands and feet of Jesus. That's really what we're doing.
Man, amen, dude. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, you know, Acts chapter 1, 8 says that the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall receive power to be my witnesses. But, and it says in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, yeah, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And so many people, you, you just nailed it on the head, um, they get pretty stoked about going overseas, but yeah. they're not willing to go across the street. So we need to we need to start across the street sometimes, unless God's calling us to to another country. But um, but you're yeah. right, man. You're you're right there in the heart of the city. It's a mission yeah. field. It really is. It is. And you know, and I, I always tell I always tell people that you know, if you are a believer, you carry the Holy Spirit in you, right? As Acts chapter chapter one says, you'll receive this power, and the power is Him. And so, no matter where you go. You're a carrier of his presence. You're a carrier of his spirit. So whether you're at work, right? God knows where you work. He put people right next to you that you work with every single day that need him, that need, you know what I mean? A, a, a miracle that need to, to hear from the Lord that, that feel far away from God. And he puts you there as a missionary right there in your job. Or maybe you go to school, you know, for 10 hours a day. God put you in that class. He knows exactly what classroom you're in. He knows exactly what seat you sit in and who sits right next to you. And the, the key is to, to start to open up our mouths and to be bold enough to testify about what God has done in our life and, and what he wants to do in their life as well. So that's what being a city taker is really all about. It's just, just the lifestyle of following Jesus. Amen. Amen. And when you begin to follow Jesus, he changes the way that you think. Second Corinthians 5, 17 says yeah. that anyone's in Christ. He is a new creation. The old way that we used to live is gone. Yeah. And it says we become brand new. We begin to live differently. And that means we might have to start watching different things and listening to different music. Yeah. We're going to have to open up the word of God and let us continue to um, renew our minds in his word. And I think, you know, in the, not just the hip-hop culture, but, I mean, even in the rock, the rock and roll culture, I mean, you got sex, drugs, rock and roll. You, in the hip-hop culture, there is, there's a lot of profanity and there's a lot of things just because anyone that doesn't have Christ, they're, just gonna, they're not going to live according to, to yeah. the Word of God. So it's really easy for believers to, to, man, to get sucked into culture instead of changing culture. What would you have to, to, to say to, um, man, just followers of Jesus that, that want to reach their culture and th the temptation to compromise is, is, is pretty heavy. Yeah, I would say this. I would say, I think a lot of times, just speaking generally to believers, that we don't value who we carry more than the things that the world can give us. Um, in other words, like, you know, if we don't value Jesus over everything, whatever it is that, that starts to tempt you and starts to draw you in becomes almost an idol in itself. And you want that over the things of God. And I told somebody the other day, I was like, uh, if, if I like buying shoes, I don't know about you, Chuck, I, I'm a shoe guy. And, and, and nothing worse than going to the shoe store, looking at some beautiful brand new shoes and you don't have the money to buy them. And then you ever, you ever um, um, found money in your pocket? Maybe you're doing laundry or something like that. So think about like, maybe I always tell people, if I stuck a hundred dollar bill in your pocket and you realize after you left the shoe store that you had the money and you could have bought the shoes, like, how does that make you feel like, man, I could have done, I could have bought them. I really wanted them. I could have bought them, but I didn't even know I had the hundred dollars in my pocket. And so it's mm -hmm. kind of like what I say with, 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 as believers, I don't think we understand and we don't value the power that lives in us. 
the, the power to overcome, the power to move mountains, the power to like literally raise the dead, the power to speak life over people, the power to, to, to do the things that Jesus has asked us to do. So instead, we start to value other things over, hmm. you know, the power that, that really lives in us. And then it, a, lot of, a lot of it has to do with identity. It's really knowing who you are, right? And then also knowing who you're not. And so now the things of the world have less of a temptation because I know my, who my king is. I know where I draw my, you know what I mean, my, my, my needs from. I know where I draw everything from is from him. And so it's not an easy journey. And, that, and the key is this. The key is having some real people in your life, you know what I mean, that you can be real with, that can speak into you, that won't judge you, that will just love on you. But at the same time, you want to be like them. You know, and, and, yeah. and Paul, Paul said, follow me as I follow Jesus. You know, you're going to need people in your life. And I think a lot of people, especially in the urban culture, everybody's trying to do things on their own. Everybody's trying to start their own thing. And then the reality is that Jesus died for his church. Jesus is coming back for his church. And the church isn't a one man show. The church is the body. Right. You can't have the arm can't operate without the shoulder. The shoulder can't operate without the torso. And just finding your role, finding your part. And doing the things that God has called you to do, but at the same time being coachable. I always tell people being open to being coachable, um, um, and and being open to serve. You know, whatever that looks like. That could be mopping floors. That could be serving food. That could be being on the stage. That could be ministering the gospel. That could be whatever that looks like. Um, so I always tell people to get get a get a family around you that loves you and supports you. Um, because then all those things become not not that you won't be tempted because you know I got tons of guys that 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 are constantly being tempted and we all are but I think when we can bring that to someone like you or someone like me you know what I mean as as a mentor or leader or a pastor it just makes it that much more easier because it's it's typically the battle is typically right here between our ears right and so if we could change the way people are thinking about it all of a sudden the value you know decreases in the value of Amen. Preach it, man. Come on. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I love I love that that you love shoes. Um, I'm actually um, a Converse guy. I, anytime okay. I'm in Ross, if they have a new pair of of Converse kicks, man, I'm always tempted to to grab. I think I have like six or seven pairs of Converse. In fact, somebody <laughs> custom made me my very own 41 will come Converse. They're black on one side, yellow on the other, and it's and they have 41 will come stitched into the Converse. Those are my my favorite pair pair of kicks. And um, now my son, he. He's really in, into basketball. He's all about the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry. So he has the new Currys. He's, man, he, he's obsessed with shoes. I mean, I, I like shoes, but he's obsessed with, with shoes. He just got some Steph Curry yeah. slides. And this is funny. You're going to laugh at me, Scott, but um, I did not even know slides were called slides until like four days ago. <laughs> I'm like, hey man, you like those flip flops, man? Those are some cool sandals. Those are Steph Curry sandals. Yeah, that's what they were. And, uh, that's what they were called. Now they're called slides, man. Yeah. Yeah. Those little ones that you, fly, you see. Flip flops have that have that one thing that goes between your toes, right? Slides, yeah. you just slide your whole. Yeah. A little different. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I get it now. I still couldn't figure it out. And he's like, Dad, they're slides. Come on, man. So he got some Steph slides. Curry slides, and then. Um, he also got a new pair of, yeah. uh, of of Nike shoes, and we've had to, um, 
you know, tell him if he couldn't go so many days to school without being late, then he gets to wear them. And we use we use shoes to motivate him. It's all, he just love he loves kicks, and we know that man. You know, in Ephesians chapter six, we put on the shoes, the gospel shoes of peace, so we can go and share the gospel. And I, I just love that that's what you're doing, man. Right there in in the inner city, you're reaching um, a crowd that 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 I couldn't reach. You know, um, several weeks ago, I had my friend, Pastor Bob Beeman from, from Nashville, Tennessee. He's reaching um, the metal crowd. The, 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 you know, he's reaching, um, yeah. you know, um, that whole demographic. You're reaching uh, a hip-hop, hip-hop demographic. You know, the slogan of our church is same message, different language. The gospel is the good yeah. news. That's the message. We're not going to change it. We're not going to add to it. We're not going to take away. We don't mess yeah. with the message. However, we do change our methods to reach our target um, demographic. Whoever we're trying to reach, we will communicate the gospel in a way that they can understand. So, you know, Pastor Bob in Nashville, he's going to communicate the gospel differently to reach a metal crowd. You in Atlanta, you're going to communicate the gospel to, to reach the hip-hop crowd. So you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you do, as City Takers, do you guys do um, weekly or, or, or monthly um, nights of, of ministry and, and, and services. Yeah, so we do, um, how we do it is we do a week, we do several different outreaches every week. Um, you know, sometimes we're in the jail, sometimes we're on the streets, sometimes we're in the shelter, and we have it all scheduled out. You can go to citytakers.com to look at the different schedule. But then we do one big thing every last Friday where we kind of gather everybody in one building. That could be three to 500 people every single month. Um, and, and, and we have rappers, we have DJs, but right in the middle of the two-hour event, um, we do a worship set, and I preach the gospel, and we do a huge altar call. And literally, I mean, sometimes we'll have 100 people come forward. You know, some of them have tattoos on their faces. Some of them, you know, are fresh out of the church. Some of them never been to church. And, and the crazy thing is the Lord shows up, the Holy Spirit shows up, and we'll have people literally weeping and crying on their faces. And and the Lord, and, and that's really what it's all about to me, like, I'm not really interested in doing another rap concert. I just want to see people encounter Jesus. And so um, the moment that, that people aren't encountering him, we'll do something different. Because that's really what it's all about for us. Yeah. Hey, man, so the, so the rap concert is just a tool to get people there. Exactly. And then, man, then you get up and, and preach the gospel. And Luke tells us that the gospel is good news. It brings great joy, and it's for all people. And uh, man, that's 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 what's beautiful. So I just love um, what you're doing. I love your Thank ministry. You, love I love your heart. And um, man, we got to get you to Rock Church to to have you throw down throw down on a weekend sometime yeah. too, man. <laughs> I would love, love that, man. Well, for sure. I I want to read a scripture in Romans chapter twelve, verse one two. It's a familiar passage. I want to read this from the message. It says, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, your ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Then he says this, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and then quickly respond to it and then he finishes it up with this unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity god brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you 
So Amen. I think it's so important for followers of Jesus to be so filled with the word that instead of conforming to culture, we are transforming culture, that we're using gospel yeah. to change culture. I mean, we should be the, the trendsetters. So can you speak into that for just a moment? Yeah, I, yeah. I think God is the, the God of creativity. God is the God who, you know, put the, hung the stars in the sky and created the universe and the galaxies and, you know, told the told the water to stop right here. And and all you got to do is just look at nature. You know, I've been blessed to be able to travel a little bit. And, and man, we live in one of the most beautiful nations on the earth. And, and God is God is infinite and he created our minds. And he gave us uh, um, art, in a sense, and for us to be creative. And so I, I, I truly think that we should be the ones kind of leading the culture and not mimicking and following. Um, what I mean by that is just being creative. Um, even, even to the point where giving God glory in every aspect of what we do. So it, it's not necessarily just in the arts. It's also like, you know, my wife just so happens to be a lawyer. So... So in law, like in, in the courtroom, giving God glory and doing everything at the best as if you're working unto the Lord, the Bible says. Right. So in everything that you do, do it as if you're working unto the Lord and let your light shine before men. And so I think, you know, for us being in the hip hop culture, like like my guy who I pour into DJ Radical, he's like the, one of the best DJs in the city. Like, actually, I say he is the best DJ in the city, probably one of the best DJs in the nation. And it's a beautiful thing when he can say that, you know, he gives God, not even just God, Jesus, all the glory for what, for what he's doing. And, um, and not just that, he, he's a minister of the gospel. Um, so so we, we also have these breakdance crews, one of the best breakdance crews in the city. And they go around, they battle all around the nation, win money. And, and, and it's a beautiful thing when they can get up there and testify that their life is different because they follow Jesus. Um, so, so like you said, it, it's not necessarily like it is creating our own thing and doing our own thing, but at the same time, it's being the best in whatever category, whatever thing that you're doing. You're a student, being the best student you could be. It doesn't mean you got to be perfect, but literally just just being the best in whatever it is that God has called you to do. And I think um, I think sometimes people get caught up saying like we have to create our own thing, um, but the Bible clearly says we're to be in the world but not of it. Um, so, so even though we're in the culture, we're, we're, we're to be counterculture. So we're in it, but we're just walking a different direction in the midst of it. So it's not following the crowd. The Bible says that broad is the road. Everybody's walking down it. It leads to destruction, but narrow is the road. And very few people walk down that road, but it leads to everlasting life. So us as believers, we're to, we're to be that counterculture. We're to be walking down that narrow road. So no matter what we do, we're doing it as if we're serving the Lord and we're letting our light shine in the midst of darkness. Amen, man. And like you said a little bit ago, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is on the inside of us. So we've been empowered. Uh, we have the ability because of God to let that light shine wherever we may be, to be the best lawyer, the best hip-hop artist, the best DJ, the best accountant. Whatever it is that we're doing, we can still shine our light wherever we're at. We can still make a difference. We can still make an impact. We don't have to be ashamed. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation. So, man, if we feed ourselves the word, 
we're going to know the word. It's going to be easier to stand for the word. We're going to be less likely to, to give in that temptation. And that means people are going to notice that we're different. They're going to want what we have. And then perhaps the easiest way to evangelize is just to, to answer questions. People are going to say, hey, man, so hey, you go to this hip-hop thing every week and people are worshiping Jesus. There's this dude that, that preaches. Man, tell me about that. And then the next thing you know, you're just answering questions if we live in a certain way people are going to want what we have they're watching to see how we respond or watching to see how we react so man i just want to encourage everyone that's that's watching and listening just i mean look at the the life that that you've had scott and how you how you came to christ and now man you're shining your light and you're impacting your culture you're impacting a community that perhaps others might not be reaching where you're at and god is no respecter of person so what he's done for you scott what he's done for me what he's done for my friend pastor bob beam in nashville he wants to do for everyone that's watching and listening today so in our in our you know last few moments that we have last few minutes here um let's talk to the person that's watching let me just say this for those of you that are on facebook right now live and if you have a question i have a monitor if you have a question for scott that you want to ask feel free to ask it. It looks like a couple people said hello. So Marissa, hey, we're glad that, we're glad that you're, you're watching. And, and anybody else, if you have a question, um, go ahead and we'll try to get that. We have about three and a half minutes left. But, um, but Scott, why don't you speak to the person that's watching and listening today? You know, maybe even to those that aren't listening live, that they have found this on iTunes and they're listening at a, at a later date. But how would you encourage um, those watching and listening today to... to just, just to hold on and stand, stand strong. I mean, we know that life, it's not easy. It's hard. We, every single one of us, like you already mentioned, we all are, are, are tempted. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that there's not any temptation that we can't handle. God will always provide a way of escape. But there are people that yeah. have been beat down by life. There have been people that bully. There are people that feel like, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know how I'm ever going to fulfill it. How could God even use me? And there's people just hanging on by a thread, and they need to be built up and strengthened today. Can you speak to those people for a moment? Yeah, I'd love to, man. I would first start off by saying, like, I've been there. You know, I feel like uh, a lot of times what the enemy tries to do is isolate us and make us feel like we're all alone and make us feel like we're the only ones that are dealing with something like this or, or ever dealt with something like this. So here's the deal. Like, Jesus says he'll never leave us or never forsake us. And you really have to stand on that. And uh, what I had to do literally is is separate myself. Like, I, I read the scriptures and I read about when Jesus like would, would go to the mountains, right? And separate himself from the crowds to talk to the Father. If Jesus had to do that, I always wondered how much more do I have to do that? So wherever you're at, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, I wanna just encourage you to separate yourself, you know, for a period of time, whether that's like literally five minutes during the day, whether that's a few hours at night, and literally just, just get in your word, cry out to Jesus, let me tell you something. Jesus is really alive. He will speak back to you. He'll encourage you through his word and just know that he'll never leave you or never forsake you. No matter what you're going through, it's nothing new under the sun. Somebody has been through it before and Jesus has uh, will always walk you through it. And let's guess what? Your 41 definitely will come. You just got to hold on. I'm here for you. You can email me. You can hit me up on any social media at I am Scott Free. I'm sure uh, Chuck is here for you as well. And I, I just want to encourage you that you are definitely not alone. Not only is Jesus with you, you probably got some people around you who you probably you might even know them. You might have a pastor friend you can reach out to. Um, and if, if you don't have anybody, please just hit me up and we can talk and we'll walk you through it. 
But I just want to encourage you to get away from the crowd. You know, the, the Bible talks about a prayer closet. Whatever that prayer closet looks like for you is get 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 along with Jesus. Put some music on, whatever you got to do. And I'm telling you, every time I do that, he shows up. He literally shows up. I'll never forget this. I don't run out of time. I went through one of the, the toughest seasons of my life in 2003. I mean, I, it was it was the roughest thing I had ever gone through. But at the same time, I, I, I literally was so desperate. I fasted, Chuck. And, and I fasted for 11 days. I'd never fasted for that long in my life. I fasted for 11 days, the worst time of my life, but yet the closest I was to the Lord. I'm talking about I was hearing him so clearly. He, he gave me this peace that transcended all understanding, right? If, if I looked at the, the circumstance, I was miserable. But when I focused on him, I just had this peace. And so even to this day, like I'd never been through something so rough, but at the same time, I could look back to 2003 and realize that might have been the closest I'd ever been to the Lord in the midst of my trial, in the midst of, you know, my junk. And so I just want to encourage you to do the same thing. Like really just, just sometimes it's out of desperation. Sometimes it's out of literally seeking him and he will always meet you right where you're at. 100% Amen. of the time. Amen. That's good, man. Thank you, man. No problem. Hey, can you, no problem. can you pray for those watching and listening? Yeah, I would love to. Father God, we just come boldly to your throne, Lord, asking for your grace and your mercy to abound in every single person that's listening to this podcast right now. I pray that the presence of your Holy Spirit just show up in the midst of their car, in the midst of their home, wherever they're at. Father God, I pray that, that you just stir things up inside of them, Father. I pray that over their giftings, God, that they start to be bold and to open their mouth to be real city takers, God, and knowing that their 41 will come. So no matter what they're going through, Father God, I know that there's a new day, Father, that the sun will rise, the rain will disappear in the name of Jesus. We just thank you, God, that all things are made new to them that believe. And I pray, you said in your word, that we can speak to mountains and command them to move, and they will move. I speak to whatever mountain they're facing in the name of Jesus. We command it right now to move. We thank you, God, for miracles. We thank you for new beginnings. We thank you that we can have new life in Christ. And we can have salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, bro, thank you so much for, for taking the time to be with us today. That was good. Good stuff. Praise well, God. Um, yeah, man. Well, um, why don't you, um, before we sign off, how can people yeah. find you? I know you just gave a, a social media shout out to how they could do that, but is there, is there a website you want to direct them to in your social media yeah. platforms or I am Scott Free, right? Yeah, all my social media is I am Scott Free, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, not, I'm not really on the Snapchat thing, but uh, I got one, but I don't use it. Uh, also my email, I am Scott free at gmail.com. You email me any questions you have. Um, and then citytakers.com is the website citytakers.com and citytakers has all its own social media. So follow them as well. The missions, the ministry. And, uh, Chuck, I, I, I want to ask you to pray for us because, uh, this is something we could talk about later, but the Lord has asked us to, to, to start a weekly church service. So that's something that's going to be brand new. That's about yeah. making disciples. Yeah. So I need your help, Come man. Come on, man. Yes. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. I'm excited, man. I, I, I can't wait to, to hear more about that. Well, we'll get you back on here. And um, cool. like I said, I appreciate you taking time. So um, we'll sign off for now, but we look forward to the next time around. So I just want to um, just say thank you. And for our producer, Mike Sable, thank you so much for Joining us for 41 Strong, we will see you soon. God bless.
God bless you. PeoriaLife.com